0: Welcome back to the Refaz Comedy podcast. This podcast or podcast is aimed at people who want to give comedy a go for the very first time. This is episode two, so if this is the first time that you're listening, hello, and it would be worth you checking out episode one before listening to this one. In this podcast, we're going to be looking at the skills a comedian has, and we'll have a little look at joke writing too. I'll also be talking to new comedian Paul Hilliard. Before we go any further, I just want to say that what I'm about to tell you is a way to put your first stand-up set together. The people I've met so far that do comedy have some very firm ideas on the subject. Uh, My view is that there's lots of ways to do anything, so you need to work out what's right for you. If you listen to the podcast and think, well, that's a load of old rubbish, then fair enough. You might want to take some of the info and leave other bits, and that's fine too. It's designed to help support you through the process of writing and performing stand-up comedy for the very first time. So, let's get on with it. How did you do with your homework from last time? (laughs) So, I asked you to find your local comedy night and go and watch and think about whether the comedians made you laugh. And if so, what was it about it that did? And if not, why not? Now, the purpose behind this was for you to start seeing comedy as a thing that you do, seeing it as a skill and a performance. Good acts will write their own material and give it the best chance of success by also performing it well. Sure, you can just stand on stage and mumble out the words, but by performing it, your jokes can really come to life and may well work better as a result. But the writing still must be good, though. You don't want to be the kind of comedian that gets by on just fantastic crowd work. Also, a note on the term writing comedy. Every act has their own process. Some write their comedy by having a few ideas that they want to talk about and they say it on stage and remember it for next time. They don't necessarily use pen and paper and that's the way they develop it. Others actually physically write things down. Pretty much everyone has a way to make notes of funny things as they occur to them, so you should do that too, whether that's using your notes on your phone or whether you decide to get yourself a notebook and and actually write things down. If you don't make notes of things as you go along, you're probably going to forget them. So I also suggested a visualisation exercise of you going on stage and performing and it going well. You'll need to revisit episode one for the full exercise. Did you give that a go? If not, or you feel a bit daft doing it, that's fine. But the purpose behind it is to start prepping your body and brain for what you're going to do. The more prepped you are, the better the performance will be. A lot of athletes do this too. They imagine, you know, their race or their game going well. The worst thing you can do is just think, Oh, I'll figure it out. I'll wing it. It'll be fine. Have a few beers, get on stage and thinking yeah i'm just going to be hilarious like i'm with my mates it won't work (laughs) i promise you it won't you know if it does it's a massive fluke and you're probably not going to be able to recreate it every single time but having said that if you're the kind of person to not plan or think about anything i don't think you'd be listening to this podcast anyway Right, so the first thing we're going to do today is look at the skills a comedian has. So in a moment, I'm going to ask you to pause the podcast and write down at least five to ten skills or abilities of a comedian. Now, if nothing comes to mind, go into YouTube and search for and watch five minutes of your favourite comedian and see what they do. Okay, here you go. I'll give you the first one. So, skills or abilities of a comedian. And the first one is well, they've got to be funny. (laughs) So, funny is the first one. Right. Away you go. Pause. Right. Did you do it? I bet you went, bugger that. I'll just see what she says. No, go on. Do it. Pause now. Okay. How did you get on if you did do this exercise? Well, here are the ones that I have. Feel free to add more. So we've got funny. I gave you that one earlier. We've got confident, clear speech, easily identifiable persona, creative, good memory, enough personality skills to do with audiences, good sense of comedy timing, good stage presence, networking skills, determination, resilience, communication skills and organisational skills. Now, some of these might be surprising. You might say, well, why does a comedian need to have good organisational skills? Well, a bit like teaching, writing and performing comedy is only a really small part of being a comedian. I think being organised, you know, I've written and performed comedy and I've also run clubs of various varying degrees of success over the years and you know okay this is about getting your first ever gig but i if you get the bug and you you want to carry on chances are you're going to need to at least a diary to write in your gigs you know you're going to be asking people for gigs whether that's through facebook or just emailing or some other ways in in which you um communicate with other people i tend to do it all through facebook there are clubs that will say email there's one club in london that you have to ring up so there's lots of different ways to contact people there's lots of names to contact and it's useful to know when did you contact them you know if you don't get a response you know do you want to recontact them a week later so you need a few organizational skills it's no good just going oh remember it all you really won't so that's a bit of an unusual one. Resilience. So resilience is the ability to bounce back when things go wrong. Now, when you get on stage to perform comedy, really, you know, you're going to be judged. <laughs> I don't want to put you off for anything. But if you carry on with it, you're going to be judged. You're judged by people anyway. And we all are. The minute you walk into the room, you get a couple of seconds of making a, a decision what you think about people. Um, that's just a natural human trait and it could be they're not. either not not everyone's going to love you i'm sure that you're going to be great but um you know you may well have to deal with a bit of feedback uh, whether it's wanted or not uh, in my early days, I'd quite often, I used to play the guitar, I don't anymore. I used to do my own comedy songs. And I had one song in particular that always got good feedback. And most of my other songs, it was very much, I'd have musicians, really good musicians coming up to me going, oh yeah, I quite like do comedy songs, but you are going to learn to play the guitar now, aren't you? <laughs> and I was thinking, I, I thought it was really good, actually, I was doing my best. You know, so you, you need to be able to bounce back when, when you're getting some sort of feedback. But for now, yeah, so it's useful to know about what skills um and abilities that a comedian has. If you don't have them already, don't panic, you're going to learn them as you go along. Don't think you've got to have all of them at all. All you need, really, for your first ever gig is the ability, you know, is your f- five minutes of um stand-up, really, five minutes of stuff that you think is funny. Yeah, so don't worry, these things are going to develop over time. Okay, so you know what kind of skills a comedian has. Hopefully, you've got some ideas of what to write about. Hmm, but have you? Okay, so let's talk about that. So joke properties. Comedians will talk about their material or writing, and these are terms used to describe a collection of jokes. A comedian's jokes are very important to that person because they would have sweated over every single one. They are the essence. There's something they are saying to the world. When Bob Monkhouse's joke book was stolen, he actually offered a £20,000 reward for it. When they actually turned up, he did pay £10,000 in the end for their return. But it's the writing that I would say makes up about 75% of being the comedian, and the rest is taken up in stagecraft tone of voice and the mannerisms. Now this is an important point here, especially as you're going to be a new comedian. A good comedian writes their own jokes. They do not steal jokes. So stealing jokes includes repeating another act's jokes. Yeah, that goes without saying. But it also includes finding jokes online and saying them. Or some people have been known to find really old jokes like 100 years old and update them and pass them off as their own. Now, I think that's a bit of a grey area, but I also think, well, what's the point of that? Surely a big part of wanting to perform is expressing your own unique view of the world through the medium of comedy. People who do steal are quickly found out and they're really not well respected, so don't do it. Okay. so what is a joke? Well, the dictionary definition is a thing that someone says to cause amusement or laughter, especially a story with a funny punchline. Hmm, so something you say to cause laughter. That's it. Well, I'm sure you have said things to your friends and family purely to make them laugh. So, the good news is you've already been doing some joke writing. Yay! (laughs) Hey, you don't think that counts? Well, it does. Comedy on stage is faking being in the pub with your mates having a laugh. The audience have paid essentially for someone to be the funny mate for 20 minutes. Guaranteed laughs. So write about what makes you laugh and what you think would make your mates laugh. It doesn't have to be big or clever. Just needs to be funny. It could be an observation you've had in the world, or if there's something weird about the way you look, you could mention that. It could be a funny thing that's happened to you in the past. One of my earliest proper jokes was based on a true story of a time I went to Stonehenge. And the way I said it on stage was exactly how I used to tell my friends, and it got laughs. And I still use that every now and then, even though it's quite old, like Stonehenge itself. Okay so homework for this week. I want you to write up some funny stories and personally I think it's easier to do this if they're true but having said that if you're planning to be a character that that's fine. Write something that would suit your character but would be true to that character. Write up around three stories or around three subjects and next time we're going to look at the technicalities of joke writing and a bit on performance. So just write your stories. Don't worry about editing yourself. Don't worry about thinking, you know, if you start writing and you're, you're thinking, oh God, this is rubbish. Do it anyway. Just write it down anyway. You know, you might feel a bit of a wally or, or feel a bit like, oh my God, what am I doing? Ignore that feeling. Ignore that, that thing. Similarly, you might sit down to write or you might be thinking of stuff throughout the week and you might be like, oh, but nothing, oh, nothing's good enough. Nothing's funny enough because it's one thing, isn't it? Making your mates laugh. It's another thing thinking, oh my God, I, I would actually have to say these words out loud in public. Don't worry about that for now. Just write down every idea, every idea you have. If you think it's funny, just jot it down. It could become something, even if it's not part of your first gig, it might become something down the line. Okay, so that's your first bit of homework. Write up some funny stories. Your second bit of homework this week is to find a local comedy club that accepts new acts. See if you can book your first spot. Now you need to be honest and tell them it's your first gig. Don't worry if you don't feel ready. Most nights you have to wait a few months, so you'll be ready by the time it rolls around. If you're local to South Wales, like I say, Rafaz Comedy is based in Swansea. I'm hoping we're going to have a Cardiff gig starting up soon. So feel free to join our Facebook page. We accept everyone and anyone. Our booking policy is to turn up on the night. The list opens at quarter past seven PM. I'm Sarah Bridgman. Uh, I'll be hosting most nights, only sometimes I get a guest MCM and they're usually acts that have, you know, been coming to rough hours for a while. So I know that they're pretty good or at least confident. <laughs> oh, no, they're good as well. So yeah, so our policy is just turn up on the night, uh, look at the Facebook group for, you know, you can join the Facebook group and get all the details are on there. Um, it's in the about section. We're situated in the Hefty Chest in Swansea and there's lots of nights as well. So some other groups I'd recommend joining to find out where all the gigs are, uh, the open spot gigs are anyway. You've got, so you've got Rough As, but you've also got the South Wales Comedy Forum. And anything with South Wales and comedy, if you're from a different area, give me a shout on Facebook, Sarah Bridgman. I'll see what I can do. I'll see if I can help. But there's there's lots of Facebook groups. And like I say, find out from your local pub. There should be a way of finding out your local new act, new material now. Okay. What you shouldn't do is contact the glee or the stand or any of the big pro nights because they're just not going to accept anyone. With the comedy store, they accept people through the medium of a gong show. You don't want to be doing a gong show for your first gig. Trust me, it's horrendous. Basically, you go on stage. I have seen good acts. I've been a couple of times and been in the audience and I've seen an act go on stage and he's been gonged off before he said a word purely on how he looks. That's not the loving, caring experience that I would like for you to have for your first ever gig. So I really wouldn't recommend that. So two bits of homework, writing up your funny stories and finding a club that accepts acts and start looking to book your first ever spot. Next up, I spoke to new comedian Paul Hilliard and we had a a, a really good discussion. Uh, We met in the Chapter Arts Centre in Cardiff and we had a good old natter about his experience of comedy so far. He's been going for about two years. He's a really, he's really come on and I talked to Paul because he's had quite an interesting journey. I first saw Paul at Refaz Comedy and he was a bit shy, uh, didn't have much in the way of eye contact on stage. And then I've seen him over the last year or so really come on leaps and bounds. And he's now created this great, like almost character act, but he talks a bit about that in our, in our discussion, our conversation. And, and I'm, I just think, Oh my God, he's, he's just really come on so well Uh, and he's actually he made it to the final of the bath new act competition so i really think that's a great competition and i really think he's one to watch for the future so yeah next up we have paul hilliard so paul first of all Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you. And I think it's fair to say, you're quite a new act, aren't you? Yeah. Okay, so can you describe your act for us as it is today?
1: My act? So <laughs> it's so hard, isn't it? How I describe my act when I'm entering competitions is conversational.
0: Right, okay. Because
1: I've got some short like one-liner jokes, and then I've got some stories, but usually... Whenever I'm doing stand-up, I like the idea to make it... This, this, the more flowy it is and the more natural it is, the better. Okay. Like, I, I think some of the best and funniest people are people in pubs. Just, yeah. You know, if you, sit, if you sit in a pub long enough, you'll see some characters and the way they talk to their friends and the way people tell stories and make people laugh, and then you get the inside jokes. That's how, always how I want to be on stage. So I don't right. know if it is a certain style, but it's like conversational, right. flowy. I guess.
0: <laughs> so do you think, is it, so you on stage, is that mm-hmm. you, only more so, or would you say that's more of a character?
1: It's probably more of a character. It's like an exaggerated version of myself. Yeah. Like yeah. sometimes a lot of the thoughts are my own thoughts. And I only mm-hmm. say things on stage that I think will be funny. And sometimes they're not funny to everyone, you know. because <laughs> yeah. I find them funny, mm-hmm. I'll still be having a good time. So awesome! But, yeah. Okay.
0: So let's go back to the beginning. So how long ago did you first do stand-up?
1: Uh, my first, first gig? gig is online. It's on. I entered the 2017 Total Student Comedy Awards. Mm-hmm and I died on my ass oh my god it's so bad yeah. I was shaking like a shitting dog it's so so bad uh, okay. and half halfway through I realised I wasn't getting any laughs yeah. so I decided to change my set and just tell a story
0: alright cool about
1: uh, coming up on pills at a rave but needing to take a shit yeah and that, and that somehow managed to work you know it it wasn't a raging success but it was better than what was happening before I think yeah. there's something to do with there's something with that experience that made me want to have more of a flowy natural right. conversational feel to my stand-up yeah as opposed to here's a bunch of things that I've remembered and yeah. I'm going to tell you now and just you know Project. projectile vomit all this information I do. <laughs> when it feels more like it's a conversation between you and um the audience. Yeah. It just flows better. They're more at ease, so I'm more at ease. Yeah. But you know, I'm a very relatively new comic so I might yeah. just be talking on my ass or something. No,
0: not at all. It's all it's all relevant, I reckon. Once you've got on that stage you've had an experience mm-hmm. and you've had your experience. That's what I'm interested in. Um so Okay, so that was your first gig, 2017. Yeah, 2017. Went, 2017. 2019
1: now. So, what month was that? Uh, I think it was April. So, wow. so you've just yeah. had
0: it two year anniversary. It,
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, it might yeah. have actually been February. I think it's like February is a bit fuzzy. I always say like two Tish. years and a few Tish. months. That's All what right. I've been telling people. So, cool. yeah.
0: And where were you in Britain at that time?
1: Wales. Always mm-hmm. always be in Cardiff. I was in Cardiff Uni. Right. When I started, uh, second year at Cardiff Uni. And then I just slowly moved on and moved on.
0: So two years ago that's the first gig that you did. Yeah. Um so when did you first start thinking about comedy?
1: Well i like I remember when I was like 17, 18, just watching stand ups on like YouTube.
0: Along. Yeah. Um how old are you now? I'm
1: twenty five. Oh, so really? I, uh, oh, my God. I tell you what, everyone looks like 18 to me. Yeah. <laughs> I do have a baby face, but, I mean, like, it was always in the back of my head. I think well, anyone who wants to do stand-up, first of all, you think you're a funny person. Right. And then, like, you send me your friends, might say, oh, yeah, you're funny. And then that's always in the back of your head. Uh-huh. But seriously wanting to do it until I was in uni, probably. I, did, I didn't realise people could do it even though I was like 21, 22 I was just like, I don't understand how would you do it you know, right. it's not like a, no one ever tells you, oh this is what you do but it is that easy, you just go up yeah. on Goody Who or Rough yeah. Eyes or something
0: A new material night and yeah. like a mic night, just so go I and mean, anyway. it and do it, yeah,
1: yeah. I and mean, it's just strange because it's like sort of an invisible barrier, yeah. but yeah until I was in like until I was in university, I, I didn't start actually thinking about doing it.
0: So it hadn't been, like, a, a big ambition of yours or anything. It's just just, no. so what, what made you want to perform then?
1: I, I used to, like, I used to do drama when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And, again, it was always about, can I make people laugh?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And even when, I like, when I'm on the street, when I meet someone for the first time, In the first five minutes, I want to try and make them laugh. One because it's like I'm testing that first. Now are they are they cool? Can they laugh? Are they? Do they have a sense of humour? Because if you don't have a sense of humour, I don't want it. I don't want to know you. Sorry. And it's not only
0: do they have a sense of humour. Do you have a similar sense of humour? This is just a form
1: of communication, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And and you know the feeling you get when you make your friends laugh. Someone said. I told. um, I was in an interview about a year ago, and it's some crappy office job, mm-hmm. and the woman asked me, why do you do comedy? And I couldn't answer it, because to me, it was, why yeah. wouldn't you want to do comedy? And I didn't realise until the next day when I was taking a shower that it hit me. It's that feeling, you know, when you make your friends laugh, you know, that feeling yes. you get from making people yeah. laugh. That, that's why I want to do it. yeah. Also, I'm very lazy, so creativity, yeah. creatively, like I, I've tried to play music, yeah. bass, drums, just couldn't stick out. it. But comedy is just like I don't know. I'm always trying to think of funny things when I'm with my friends to make them laugh, or when I'm on my own to make myself laugh.
0: Yeah.
1: Or family, it doesn't matter. So yeah. I don't
0: know. I gotta say, for me, it is like it's my primary form of communication. Because for as long as I can remember, like growing up, I was the youngest and um, and in quite a fractious household, really. My parents were always arguing. I was um, five years uh, and six years younger than my two sisters. And so you can imagine I was, what, seven and they were around seven, eight, nine, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, my lightning maths. So they were, you know, twelve, thirteen. So get into teenage years when I was about seven or eight. Um, So oh, oh, tension galore in the house, and I was the one, you know. My mum's like she's probably heading towards menopause by then. My sisters were going through teenage years, mm-hmm. flipping hormones galore. So I always diffused situations. If there was like tension, it would just always be to make make them laugh. Whether it, you know sticking socks down, you know wearing my mum's bra and sticking socks down them at like yeah. seven years old, or just making silly voices or whatever it was really so from an early age for me it's just a form of communication and you,
1: you do you find that you're still like that today
0: Yeah. You know, oh at my the god best spot, you're always
1: trying to think of yeah. how can this be funnier yeah which is which is yeah. wonderful really it you're trying to make, make things, things funnier
0: yes and
1: yeah to be honest Is I think Jerry I, I remember watching Jerry Seinfeld and comedians get coffee and he was talking about we're not trying to get... If we're not t- communicating to be funny, yeah. what, what are we communicating for, you know? Yeah. The end goal is always to have a laugh. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, you know? Because when you say... I mean, this is going to sound really wanky now, right? But... <laughs>
1: <laughs> we're, we're doing a podcast. But we're doing a podcast.
0: About a podcast. A <laughs> we're comedy. comedy. So we're being wanky yeah. anyway. But, yeah, I just think that um, life is funny. Isn't? Oh, this sounds so wanky. Yeah. But it's like, you know, we're all... I my belief is we're all going to die uh-huh. I don't offend anyone out there but I, I, I think that's it I don't think we're going to go on to an afterlife uh-huh. I think when we die that's it and if there is not afterlife during
1: that even <laughs> yeah afterlife, you find the afterlife <laughs> yeah.
0: <Funny>. oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah I think you die that's it uh, it's absurd life is is so stupid and I'm I'm terrible for for getting really serious and really intense I've always been accused of being too intense and then um, yeah so the whole fucking thing is hilarious really when you think about it it's
1: just ridiculous and we're all just clinging on trying to find oh there's this answer that answer why can't the answer just be just have a laugh just have a laugh just Just, yeah stop taking me all so serious yeah have a laugh whilst you can
0: (laughs) yes while you're still alive people because anyway yeah Uh, (laughs) Dan Dan has been his editor hi Dan he's edited this. he's gonna be like what are you talking about, you paradox? So, um, okay, so going back to, so you, you got to uni, you're like, oh, maybe I, I could perform comedy. So who, who are your influencers? Who are your, uh, the people you like? I, I, I
1: love American stand-ups. Like, a ridiculous I do amount. too.
0: Like, yeah. I, I,
1: I, I, love, I love a good, to be honest, I don't care really for the theme show.
0: Mm. when
1: it comes to, like, Edinburgh and everyone seems to have to have a theme <laughs> whether they're talking about
0: yeah
1: their ankle that's swollen or a different dead. yeah, whatever yeah. it is I much prefer someone go on and just bang out a bunch of jokes or tell a bunch of stories right. they don't even have to, you know just do bits Yeah. so, Mitch Hedberg I yeah. love Mitch Hedberg just because his delivery like I used to do drugs. I still do. I used to do <laughs> It's like, oh, it's, yeah. it's, po- it's poetry. Literally, how are you able to just yeah, get so much into one sentence? Yeah. Norm Macdonald is a massive... I, I, I've only recently discovered him over the past, yeah. like, I don't know, two, three years. Yeah. And me and my brother... Well, me, my brother, and loads of my friends who know about him, we just mm. quote him back and forth, back and forth, because he's so silly yeah. and absurd. But oh, he's just shit hot. And yeah. then you've got people like Bill Burr, <coughs> um, Eddie um, Eddie Murphy. I love Delirious. Mm. I know a lot of people say he's outdated, and he says some risky stuff. But the time still, is fucking brilliant. Yeah, yeah, and I still love it and when he talks about his father, Eddie. Mm. Eddie. He's drunk and he's just talking yeah. about you, your dog. Don't listen to you, Eddie. I because you don't look after it, Eddie. <laughs> I kick that dog when you're not home. I, he's, he's amazing. Yeah. Uh, Jim Jeffries, I love uh, Bill Burr, Louis CK mm. uh,
0: So back to so we t- just talk about infancy, so particularly like American stand-ups. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's go back to all right. See, so seventeen, eighteen. You think you oh, know? Maybe I could do comedy after yeah. all. how did you go about prepping for your first gig so your first gig it's a competition
1: yeah
0: I didn't prep well at all that it was a competition
1: really that one they advertise it as
0: even if it's your first gig do it anyway don't they yeah the total comedy award yeah
1: Yeah. and it is a good one because it was super supportive the crowd was pretty much made up of of, of acts and they were all like "Oh, they could tell that I was Josh Elton went on before me and Josh Elton had been doing it quite a bit now and I remember I think I was second he was first and he had a guitar, and I just started looking at people going, "I didn't know you could bring guitar." I was like, "This he's is cheating!" A, yeah, this is a, like a, an illegal, a, a legal weapon he's brought in. Like, <laughs> no holds barred. But, but uh, not everyone was super nice, really yeah. friendly with one another. So, even though I didn't prepare very well at all, I, think yeah. I, I, I thought I could literally just go up and do it. Yeah. I was like, I've got some ideas. I'll just riff, <laughs> I'll just riff it.
0: I'll, I'll wing it and be fine.
1: I mean, it wasn't it wasn't no. oh, so bad. Did but, you get
0: any laughs? Because I know you said oh, it was no,
1: no. Thing. Until I started talking just about naturally. about the story, yeah, it was, it was going nowhere. I think I was talking about stray dogs and how you don't see enough stray dogs anymore.
0: That's true. Yeah. It's not funny, but it is true. <laughs> God, yeah. I told yeah. my first gig, as to, we're to sharing about yeah. first gigs. Oh, my God. Now, I'm very easily pleased. <laughs> so, my first gig was, um, it was five minutes in the middle of a, pro na- a semi-pro night. Uh, and it, it was in Cardiff. And it was their first night of the, this, this is a club that had been going a while in Swansea and she's putting on her first night in Cardiff and it was a Christmas one <laughs> so um, yeah and I think there were about six accountants and some at, and the acts and a few other acts had come along to watch and Ellis James was the host oh, which is awesome because he was lovely and um, he was so supportive of me as it being my first gig and uh, English, I was, this
1: was English or Welsh?
0: It was, the it was English language gig, time, yeah. uh, but it was in the Full Moon in Cardiff, which is now, I believe, bootlegger. Yeah. So um, it's been a few things since it was the Full Moon, but this yeah. this guy had—I don't think it was called the Full Moon, but it was, it was his. You know, he owned the place. Yeah. Um, he owned the same one in Swansea that they put the gig at. So it wasn't well attended, but that none of that mattered to me. The opening yeah. act was oh, a guy called Jared something or other. He doesn't do it anymore, but was he the headliner? Oh remember anyway so all I cared about was getting on stage and I I really planned and prepped it took me a year to even admit that I wanted to do comedy so I did I I, I did write up about about three different subjects and I wrote as best as I could and as many jokes as I could and I performed it to my friend like a few days before and she went well it's, it's amusing Aww. I was like Whoa. I was like it can't be amusing it's going to be funny (laughs) and she said I'll just swear a bit say bollocks instead of balls and it'll be fine
1: (laughs) that's that's good that's solid advice solid advice advice. and
0: as it turned out that's probably one of the few I mean I can't really I didn't record it and I can't remember Uh about it much about it apart from all I can remember is the acts at the back being really supportive and smiling and being really like yeah you can do it yeah. I got on stage I said the words and I got off stage that's all I really remember and uh, I was just so chuffed. I was so chuffed. I might have got maybe two laughs in five minutes but I was to me you know I stormed it to me I didn't storm it at all and I didn't I know I didn't storm it but I was like I was just chuffed because I'd wanted to do it from the age of 19 and here I was it was 35 yeah. age of 35 doing you know achieving something I'd wanted to do and
1: was, then getting the bug so was it? you know you say 19 is when you started thinking about it mm. You know, all how, how, so what was, was the closest you got to until you actually did it? Like, was that, there a time when it to, when you were well, twenty-five or twenty-three when you almost got up? No. Nope. Did you ever like storm a karaoke bar? And
0: started? <laughs> Let me tell you. Um, you yeah. <laughs> nope. I literally, I was eighteen, nineteen, probably when I. Well, I was met sixteen when I saw my first live comedy gig. Mm-hmm. That was Lenny Henry in Newport Leisure Centre, and didn't did not. You just like you. It's no. like or comedians that's just something someone else does you've, yeah. you've got to be you've, you've got to be natural you, you've got to just you, you're just someone that walks on stage and, and you just say jokes like you would just make because it's messed because you think that's what it is isn't it Every and I, I couldn't imagine
1: doing it But I do it and I want to do it like, yes. forever all my lecturers were told this that's an hard life that's an hard life none yeah. of them could give me any advice they're just like yeah. that's hard my parents that's hard it's
0: because none of them have done it well, probably like I always wanted to go into acting and my parents are mm-hmm. like yeah that's fine but you've got to get a job first you've got to get a trade first and yeah. then you can look at acting and now if I had kids now I'd be like no 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 do every- if you want to go into acting and you want to do comedy fine but do it really work at it do your, your hardest at that and, and make sure that you get work doing it, or do your best to work towards it, and give yourself a cut off. Like if you're 30 and you still, you know, you've been trying to work on comedy your whole life, maybe that's not going to be a primary source of income. Um, but it's, you know, why not? Why, why not? why not do it anyway and just see how far you? It, it, at the end of the day, I suppose it's how do you define success. Mm-hmm. You know, I've um, had a lot of people over the men, generally um, act over the years. Say, "Oh, I have had one act actually say to me as part of this workshop thing that I paid bloody money to go go to." And he said this in front of everyone. He's like. Well, yeah, you're never going to get anywhere. You've, you, you know, you've, you've got another nine years worth of work ahead of what, you. he said
1: this directly he said to, me, to you,
0: directly to me. He said, "There's no, there's no." Um, but in front of everyone, he said that twenty odd people that paid forty quid for his workshop. He said, um, he said, "Right number one, there's no jobs in comedy." Uh-huh. You know, the people at the top, they're not going anywhere, and they're not, they're not going to give up. Uh, so it's, you know, it's very low turnover. And since then, uh, Currie Pritchard-McLean, Sarah Pascoe, uh, Tez Ilias, a shitload of people have actually broken through, so he's talking shit. Um, And uh, so he said that to me, he said, um, I've got about nine years worth of work before I even get paid work, but I get paid work now. Um, and he, he really put me down in front of a whole room of people so I've had that happen, and it's just like, to me, it's like, it feels like a compulsion. I wish I could stop. I wish I could just go, you know what, I'm not doing this anymore. But every time I'm like, right, this is it, I'm not doing this anymore, I, may, I have a breakthrough. Yeah. So until there's a point where I'm not having a breakthrough anymore, pff, I've tried, and like Tom knows I've tried to give up. I try and give up every other month. But right now, I'm like, I feel like I've like yet another breakthrough. So there's people out there that I think the myth is, oh, you, you just you can just do it. You can just get on stage and can do it. I, I don't believe in that at all. I think it's really rare that someone like I think Peter Kay is someone who's reportedly could just get on stage and do it. It's just natural, you know. Um, and I, I think it's more common that people work at it. Okay, that's it for this time. Thank you for listening. I've been Sarah Bridgman. And thanks also to Dan Morgan for editing this. So thank him for the lovely uh, zingers and all the music and stuff. Thanks, Dan. Um, you should check out the Comedy Geek podcast. They also interview uh, comedians, but they're a sketch podcast. that is really funny. Uh, and I was a guest on one of them and also zach williams if you like our lovely logo it's absolutely gorgeous um i'm hoping to um, get some t-shirts and mugs made because i want to raise some money uh f- for some lighting for our club so he did the lovely logo and he also has a podcast called the most best podcast uh, and it's brilliant they mention refaz all the time so thank you zach so see you next time for more refaz comedy podcast